second episode, I had the pleasure to talk with Marik, the visionary artist behind Piano Ocean. In a unique fusion of music and sea, Marik is sailing the world with a piano on board, traveling from port to port for concerts and inspiration. Since the recording of this conversation, she released a beautiful album called Hello Soldad, inspired by the Azorian Islands. I hope you can enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I'm Mariana Azevedo and welcome to Peter Tales. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for coming. You're more than welcome. So many questions, so many questions. I think I have to start with the beginning. Yeah. How can you explain me the best that you can? All right. Uh, piano Ocean is a project of sailing around the world with a piano on board. So it started, I'd say, 10 years ago when I decided uh, as a professional piano player, I decided to put my piano into a sailboat and start sailing around the world to perform concerts uh, from harbor to harbor. So basically, 10 years ago, I cut a hole in the deck <laughs> to allow the passage of the piano. And uh, with a couple of friends, we invented a system to lift the piano up onto the deck for the concerts and lower the piano back in the, in the, in the aft cabin when we're sailing. So it's like an elevator, a piano elevator that lifts the piano up and down. And so I'm, I'm performing from the F deck and the people are on the key. And I sailed from harbor to harbor for the past eight years. And how did this, like, how did this idea started it? Because it's not something that you're like, okay, I'm going to, going to put a piano and invent an elevator. <laughs> I think you have to think about this a little bit. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's, this little crazy idea came up slowly but surely in my mind uh, since I'm a teenager, I'd say. And I think it comes because I, when I was a teenager, I used to travel a lot in Ireland and I was playing music in the streets in Galway and traveling with the music was the first thing. Like I knew I was a nomadic person and uh, I, I figured out that uh, the music was one of the best way to get to meet the people. Uh, wherever you are, where, whatever the language they speak, uh, the, the, the music language is like international. Universal, and, right? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, the other thing was, okay, I want to be a nomadic musician and which way would I choose to move from a place to another? And it, it, it came up like it was an evidence for me that it would be by sale because it's the... It's slow enough, uh, it's, it's not too, like I've been touring, before, before I started the project, I, I've been touring in a normal tour bus, uh, dropping from one place to another, to another, driving hundreds of kilometers, and you don't have time to meet the people. It, it, it all goes too fast. And when you're uh, sailing, it's, it's an, I think it's more human way of, of going, 
And then the connection with the people, like you must know it, but uh, when you reach a certain places by sail, the connection with the people is completely different than if you arrive by plane or by car. So, well, that's how the idea slowly came up and then I went, okay, if you want to do that, uh, then you need to learn how to sail. Yes, first. that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> that was quite obvious. And then you need to be able to maintain a piano, because I wanted to have an upright piano, like a real piano, acoustic piano. So that was another part of the deal. It was, okay, if you want to put a piano where a piano does not want to be, like in a boat, <laughs> you need to be able to maintain it, to tune it. And so I've been working hard on all those different skills that I needed. And when I was 25, I thought, okay, that's the right time to start the project now. And, uh, okay, so... I love the fact that you were saying that exactly the piano doesn't want to be on board. Definitely not. <laughs> I can imagine that. It is the worst. It is the worst place actually where you could put a piano in. Um, so how do you do it? Like you imagine, like you came. Where did you came from this time? Uh, we were in Brittany. Okay, so Brittany here. Yeah. So after what, 14 days? Uh, we stopped in Galicia, okay. uh, so the crossing went pretty fast because it was a really tough and, and windy crossing, so it only took six days. Oh, that's uh, fast. That, that was fast <laughs> uh, and choppy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, when I arrived here, for example, so the piano was at sea, <laughs> uh, like us, for six days, and inside the piano there is a little... Uh, um, hygrometric regulator that regulates the, the humidity inside the piano and this has to be plugged uh, to shore power so we were obviously not plugged to shore power for the six days of crossing so when I arrived in São Miguel I plugged the, the regulator and waited for two days so that slowly the, the piano goes back to 50% humidity or something and then I tune it Okay. And I do it all the time. I, I did it go, again you to, when yes, I when you arrived here. When I arrived here, and I tuned it maybe five days ago, and uh, because I wanted to do a few recordings. But tomorrow I have uh, my first concert here in Ota, and so tomorrow morning I'll be tuning. Okay, again and again, again and again, again, and again. <laughs> it's an endless process. But you always have to take care to, to think about this. So every time that you're going somewhere, you have to be in count that you're going to have to take at least one or two days to make the humidity levels go down and then to be able to tune it, right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that, something like that. <laughs> But, uh, so, uh, w while you're doing this and having all this work, you're also composing, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, how, how, how is it? Like, how, how is the process for you to be able to be worrying about the technical issues, of course, because you have to do it, and also be inspired enough to be comp composing at the same time? Well, that's a really good question that I, I still asking that question to myself as well. Uh, I'm a weird composer, I'd say, because people, most of the people would say, oh, when I compose, I go to a little house in the middle of nowhere and it's really relaxing and I have plenty of time to get inspired and write. And I'm just the opposite. Like when the life goes like 
bing, 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 when you have like, okay, boat maneuver, then check the weather, then repair the fucking sail, and then uh, let's fix the engine, tune the piano, and, and then you get to meet some people, and blah, blah, blah. And, and when life goes like fast, there's something in my brain going fast as well. Okay. And so I always have my notebook and a pen, and I'm when I have two minutes, I'm just writing down <laughs> one or two lines. And once I have like maybe a few hours or one day off where it's like, okay, the weather is nice, the boat is okay, the piano is okay, everyone on board is fine, then I have time to compose the songs. So most of your songs are somehow related to, um, to sailing, right? So it's, how do you get inspired by that? Because of course, like for me, this is what my imagination does. So if it's a nice day, you'll, I don't know, compose a nice song. If it's in the middle of the storm, maybe you'll write a more aggressive song. Of course, this is me not being very creative, <laughs> but this would be how I would write song if I had any kind of taste. I don't know, I All don't. Right. Uh, well, definitely, when it's stormy and, and really bad weather at sea, or I mean just tough, tough weather, I'm not composing songs. I can tell you that it's the last thing that you're thinking of, of is composing songs. <laughs> you're just thinking like, okay, let's cook some fucking noodles and eat something and just take care of the boot and you're really not in a poetic uh, uh, mind. Um, but I, I actually don't really write about sailing. Okay. I mostly write about the, where I, the places I visit or the places I reach, uh, the people I meet, the stories that I hear or the, the local culture, the legends, the everything that is. But it's all about the other. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't like... That's why I do so many ports of call for playing the concerts and for meeting the people. Because if I would be like a single-handed sailor sailing non-stop without port of call, I, I don't know if I would have so much inspiration. Um, my inspirations come from what I meet mostly. Um, wow, that was very interesting. So you are here now. Did you felt any kind of temptation or something that's made you feel in the mood to create some song? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> what can I ask you? Like, what, what was something that you said, okay, this is inspiring me? Uh, it's actually the paintings uh, on, the, on the keys and on the walls. And I didn't expect it because in the beginning I was like, This is well known. Everyone is doing his little drawing in Horta. I knew it. I knew it from friends who came back from the Azores and told me the stories. And so I, I kind of expected it. Um, but uh, after one, two, three days of wandering on the keys and looking at all the drawings, oh, that's a friend of mine. And oh, who, who that can be? And trying to guess all the stories behind it. And I. I went into thinking that um, when you're a traveler, you kind of, <laughs> this is blowing hardly outside. <laughs> this is, is, this is a real podcast, okay? That's real stuff here. Exactly, you can hear the wind. It's a sailor's podcast, the way, real a, way. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, I, I was just thinking 
the traveler usually is the, well, for me, it's someone who gather and, and carries marks of the landscape in, in, its, in himself. Like you carry the landscape with you and you are the rememberer, the one who remembers. And for once, and that's the first time I see that, for once it's the scenery here who kind of remembers the people. And I really liked it. And I, I'm, I'm working on a song at the moment called The Scenery and saying that, um, yeah, well, saying that, what, what I just told, like the but, Orta rem remembers of people. But I think that's very, very special for you to tell me that because mostly um, it, it's, when people come here, most of the times they expect, okay, it's going to be a sailor's touristical point, like everybody's going to come here, but I don't think people are expecting it to be so human in the way that, okay, of course, like we have a lot of sailors, but I think that we have something special because all the sailors, they are here for a reason because most of them, they really like what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And they're really excited about getting here and coming here and getting to know other sailors as well, people that have more or less experience than them, people that are passing for the first time and maybe people that never passed here before. So I think it's, I'm very excited about f being from Fayal, mostly because of this. And this period of time, in my opinion, it's a period that for me it's the most interesting part exactly from what you told because you can look everywhere and you can see a bit of history. For example, I always say that we have a, a small museum with um, scream show art and I always say that the museum itself, if you don't appreciate the art itself, you're going to go there and be like, oh, okay, it's some nice teeth with some nice drawings. But for me, my personal opinion is the fact that even if it's small, if you look at every single one, they were not made by artists, they were made by people. They were people that also were artists, but they were telling their stories while they were doing those cravings, you know? So for me, the most amazing part is that. It's the fact that out of nowhere you have a story. Oh, look at this, exactly what you're exactly. saying. Look at this, oh. What's the story like, behind, who's the, who's the guy who did it and who curved that thing and yeah. And I'm very, very happy that you were able to understand this and to, and to, to, to bring this to your music, of course. Um, but of course, that I think that making music has always a bigger purpose. Do you think for you it's in telling, making music in this way, so you're sailing, you're carrying your piano. Do you think, what do you want to say with this? What do, what's your purpose? To inspire, mm. to, to inspire you, maybe? <laughs> Of course, it's inspiring me, uh, but there's there's many purpose that I've pointed out afterwards, or maybe while doing it. Actually, when I went like this, is exactly what I want to do, and one of the reason is maybe maybe because I started being before I before I started um, my school and conservatory of music and so on and being a, like a professional uh, pianist, I started in the street, playing music in the street in Galway on the west coast of Ireland. And what I like with Pian Ocean is th this little connection that you have, like you br you're bringing the music into the people's life, outdoor, where the life is. And one of the moments that I really love is when I just start playing the piano and I can see from afar some people that are like, just, they just wanted to have an ice cream on the, on, the, on the harbor or hang out on the marina. And they are just like, do you hear something? What? 
I think it's piano oh, and there is someone singing and oh look there are some people gathering over there and then they, they slowly gather around the boat and just, is that a piano on the boat and then they are just like and they they have their ice cream leaking and they don't completely <laughs> forgot about it and they're just like wow and this actually because my songs are really poetic maybe or it brings like it's it's a blow of poetry into everyday's life and this is something that i really intend to do it's telling the people that we need it we need to have poetry we need to have uh, poems inspiration and 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 strong feelings in everyday's life and it's not only in special concert rooms or special moments, it's everyday's poetry. So that, that's what I want to do. I think it's very beautiful the fact that uh, sometimes living on an island and being on an island, it's very difficult because like you were saying, you started in a bus. So if you are in a bus, I don't know, in Ireland or in, in France or whatever, you can easily go everywhere else and take the, take the bus and just go to every small city. Mm -mm. For us that live here in islands, <laughs> like small islands, have you seen? <laughs> Sometimes it's very, very hard for you to get in contact with this cultural part. And it's, um, I always say that in Fayal we have a lot of culture, but uh, very, very different from what people are used to get. So normally you have the popular culture that is everywhere, or you get very, very specific culture that is not for everyone. Mm. And most of the people, sometimes they cannot understand. And I think what you're doing, it's very beautiful because you are bringing to people that are just passing by some, sometimes, like you were saying, and you are giving this opportunity for them to, to, to listen to, to amazing music and to amazing poetry just by passing through it. And I think that's very, very beautiful. Um, but coming back to you, uh, you said that you started with music very early, you were in conservatory, but when did music start in your life? Don't know. <laughs> I think it's always been here. I don't really come from a family, uh, like a musician's family. Like my, my parents loved music but didn't play any and neither sailing <laughs> but uh, yeah, it came, I, I don't know, it's something that happens to you. <laughs> I don't know. I've always been writing songs and always been writing stuff and singing and it's just who I am. <laughs> so, so sailor was the same. Sailing was the same. So you had no background in music, no background in, in, in sailing. So it was like, okay, this is what, where I belong. First the music and the sailing, it was, I think it was just like being close to the, um, to the, People from the sea, not really the sailors, because in Ireland there is no much leisure sailing. But it was uh, there was a community with the old rigging, the Galway hooker, uh, who were sailing a little bit, and I get close to to them and the fishermen and well, the people living on the sea. And I was curious. I think I was just curious. I read a few nice books, sailors' books, and you know, it's something dreamy when you're young and you're like wow that's that's some kind of excitement and so I decided to take uh sailing lessons and while taking those lessons I was like okay I I love it you've been for 10 years you've been doing this life mm. so for 10 years I, I I can bet that you were in some places <laughs> yeah well actually the the idea of Pianocean is to sail all around the world and but we're going very slow 
because, well, first sailing is a slow motion <laughs> way of going somewhere. And, uh, and then because we stop very often to perform and play the concerts. And then as well, I, I really want to spend some time in every place as I go. So I, I don't want to like arrive in a, arrive in a harbor, play concert and go. Uh, for me, it's important to spend a few days, get to meet the people, learn a little bit of the culture of the stories that are in the area and then play the concert, stay a little bit and then go. Uh, so, so it's very slow. Uh, but we started, so I started in the Mediterranean Sea. And then we went to Brittany. We stayed there for two years because there so many harbors and places. And so two seasons in Brittany. And then for me, it was obvious that I wanted to go to Ireland. Uh, so I sailed the west coast of Ireland for two seasons from harbor to harbor. And it was amazing. And then from Ireland, uh, looking up, I was like, there's Scotland here. I've never been to Scotland. They are a little bit like the Celtic cousins. So let's go to Scotland. And it was an amazing voyage there uh, in Scotland. I sailed all the Hebrides playing random concerts on small islands, like really like islands with 19 inhabitants. <laughs> Worse than the Azores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, after Scotland, uh, decided to go to Norway. Uh, so last win last summer, we sailed all the west coast of Norway from Bergen to up to the Lofoten. And the weather was so shit and the conditions were so tough that we decided then it's time to go south. And that's why we're here in the Azores now. <laughs> and if you have to say one special place that you visited... Can you, can you name me one like, okay, I was in this place and... There are so many. I understand that. There are so many, but uh, <laughs> talking so about many, islands, there is a very special place for me. It's in the Inner Hebrides of Scotland, south of the Isle of Skye. There's a group of four islands, very small islands that are called the Small Isles. And I ended up there completely by chance on the four, first island... Uh, the one that where there's 19 inhabitants and I went to the, 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 the island is called the Cana Isle. So I went to the Cana Cafe, like Peter's Cafe, you know, <laughs> and when they're talking to the owner and uh, talking about my story and he was like, wow, that's fucking amazing. Can you just play a concert for, for the people of the island? We'll all be here. You'll have 20 people there. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do it. And I played that first concert and the island just nearby, because there are four small isles, just heard about me playing the concert and send, like contacted me saying, oh, if you've played there, you have to come to our island because it's so such a great island and so on. So, and but we we ended up touring in between the small eyes, like playing there and then playing there. And after the second concert, the the third island uh, contacted me like, we will grill some lobsters on the quay and uh, can you play us uh, some some songs? And so it was such a nice moment because it, it was all improvised, all random concerts. Uh, and it was just the people who wanted to have it and organized it like in within two days. They were 
the word has been spread in the island and everyone would come down on the quay and gather. And it, it was such an amazing, yeah, uh, it's, it's a very special place in the world. I think you did the impossible because when you think like, okay, I'm going to be a musician and I'm going to be moving around. You think, okay, I'm going to get a guitar and maybe I'm going to get a violin. You don't think about yeah. getting a Would piano. Would have been a way, uh, like, a lot easier. <laughs> I bet. But I think that's very special because of that, because you are able to bring your piano wherever you go. And maybe if you didn't have this structure, it would be not as easy as to do it as you're doing it right now. Do you think that your piano right now, it's part of your family, the way that you're always together? Completely, <laughs> completely. He's part of the crew, but so is the boat. Yes. But we are, we are all like, we are all a big crew and uh, taking care of each other. <laughs> How many people are traveling with you right now? Uh, so I started the project in two, uh, well, the first tour, uh, in 2015. I was sailing with my best friend, Lily. She'll join us in the Azores very soon. And during that tour, I met, uh, Sebastian, who's my husband now, and we have a four years old, uh, kid. So it's basically the three of us now. Um, Sebastian and Aaron is the name of our son and me. And the cat, Seabird, <laughs> who's sailing with us from the beginning of the project. <laughs> and uh, so Lily, uh, she's a photographer and a radio podcaster as well. And she is uh, sailing with us uh, one month or two every, every year. And then some like friends uh, coming, joining us for uh, a few weeks, giving us a hand or joining for, for the crossing, for example, to help us a little bit. But so it's basically the little family and friends around. And the, does your kid knows how to play the piano already? Uh, well, <laughs> he's getting better. <laughs> Let's say that. For me, I always, I always ask because Of course, when, when, when the, tr the travel is not easy, you, you don't have time, you have to be always working. But from time to time, I bet that you have some slow times, there's no wind. And I always ask people, so what do you do? Do you read? Do you, I don't know, download, um, I don't know, Netflix movies or whatever? For you, I imagine that you have, that's good for you because you always have your piano and that's your work too, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I have the piano, I write songs, mostly, yeah. I read or write. And uh, playing the piano when you're sailing is like the sea needs to be really quiet. Okay. Otherwise, <clears throat> you're inside focusing on small things <laughs> and uh, it can be a little bit tricky. <laughs> okay, so I was, when I was re reading about you on the internet, I found that you had a band before. Mm -hmm. You were part of the band. So you, you were just being a road, not, not a road, you being singer, going everywhere. How big this, this band went? Because you were in a jazz trio, right? Yeah, it was a jazz hip hop trio. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, I composed the songs and, and we were three musicians, uh, amazing musicians, the two guys who were with me, a uh, human beatbox okay. and uh, another guy playing bass and saxophone and like really good musicians. Uh, well, we went touring for seven years, playing a lot of gigs, uh, in many great venues, uh, mostly in France, um, and played before some really well-known artists. So it was a great experience. Um, really. 
But that's what I said. Um, after a few years of touring, I felt like I couldn't even remember the name of the towns where I've been playing. I could barely tell you the name of the organizer or the, the owner of the theater or because it was a big mix in my head and you're like you you're sleeping in the tour bus and and being carried from one place to another and some mornings you just wake up you don't know where you are you don't even know who you are <laughs> and so it's it's a great experience but I, I couldn't do it my whole life do you think you ever going to go back like there's a point in the, because I can imagine that it can be a little bit tiring being always on the boat do you think? a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but do you think you ever going to be like okay now I'm done with this so now I'm going back a little bit on touring you think I don't think so it will be really hard to go back uh, once you once you've experienced what I've experienced uh I appreciate sometimes when I, because I, I kind of found a balance, like we're at sea touring six months per year and the other six months we're back on dry land, uh, schooling the boy at school and just um, preparing the next season, preparing the next tour. And I appreciate when I'm invited to some festivals or some theaters that I want to um I have a concert of Piano Ocean where I mostly make a projection of the film and then a concert. I like it. I mean, it's so comfortable to arrive in a theater and there's a piano and it's already tuned <laughs> and nothing is moving. You don't have to mind uh, the, the tide. You don't have to mind the weather to look at the sky and be sure that this cloud is not going to pour some fucking rain on the piano. And so it's really relaxing. So I appreciate playing two, three, four, ten concerts in the wintertime in like normal musical venues. But but the way I'm touring now, it's the really the way I want to to live with the music. So I I don't think I'd go back. It's very interesting that I always ask this. Well, there's a lot of times that I'm I'm telling people that uh, my part of the story. So I'm always on land, and I'm always getting to know people that were crossing and doing the crossing. And um, in, in a podcast that I was recording, I had a, a funny interview that somebody told me that it's very easy for you to fall in love with a sailor's life. Of course, like mostly if you are with easy seas, right? You're living on the sea. You don't have most, most of people don't have much timetables. They don't have nowhere to be unless they really want to be there, unless you have some broken part of the, of the <laughs> boat, of course. But it's very, very interesting for me to see the differences because I have this kind of part and then I have the other people that are like, okay, I'm a bit tired of this life. So I'm like, no, no, there's of course the most amazing parts, but also it's very, very tiring about of course, sailing in general and you that you have your instrument on board, I can imagine that it's even harder. But do you think it's, until now, everything is worth it? So you think you're going to keep on going? I'll definitely keep on going. Uh, but I think it's, it's because I found that balance and we are not at sea full time. And I, I don't think I could hold it uh, all year long being full-time on the boat because as you said it is so tiring just just like living on the boat uh, well you realize that when you come back on dry land and you go in a normal house or flat or whatsoever and you figure out that 
you want to take a shower and then so, there's some hot water and you don't have to go and fill the tank and you don't have to <laughs> whatsoever. And there's a storm coming and you don't mind because you're in a house <laughs> and you just relax in the sofa and that's it. Of course. So I couldn't do it all, the whole year. Plus, yeah, because combining sailing and the touring... It means you have to be there on a certain time. And I'm always watching at the weather, calculating the tides and the currents and the stuff. And so it's like so intense for six months that if I wouldn't have those other six months, like a little bit of a break from boat life, I would be done. And within three years, I would have quit. But since I found this balance, I think I, I can keep on going for years and, and enjoying, years. Of course. Yeah. So you're having the best of both worlds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So now you're in the Azores. You're going to play in Maravilha Festival. So when this goes to air, you probably have played. <laughs> but then but then you go uh, to other islands. You've been in São Miguel. Now you're here. So my uh, São Miguel was just the place of our okay, arrival okay. from the crossing. Uh, but I'm playing, so I'm playing here in Fayal, and then we are going to play in São Jorge in Vélez. Then back to São Miguel in Vila Franca do Campo for a concert. Then back here to Pico, <laughs> and from Pico to Tercera uh, in uh, Praia, and from Tercera to Flores, and from Flores to Santa Maria. <laughs> So you're, <laughs> the only island is Corvo that you're not going? And Graciosa. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. The, 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 the two small ones where I don't, I didn't know if they would have uh, sheltered Arby, enough. Uh, well, yeah. So now Azores, where next? Do you have any idea what the next season will be like? Yeah, well, I bet it will be, I think we'll winter the boat in the Azores and start from there to Madeira and the Canaries for the next season. And I bet we'll cross to Brazil and from Brazil sail all the way up, uh, the west, the east coast of US to Canada. And from Canada, I'd like to, uh, play a few songs in Greenland. And after that, we'll think about changing for another ocean. <laughs> Do you think that going to different places like? And now you're in the Azores before you were in Norway, in Ireland, in Scotland. Do you think this influences your sound? Definitely, it does. Um, well, Ireland is part of my culture uh, and it still blows its influences every day inside my music. Uh, then I get really inspired by some traditional Gaelic uh, Scottish songs as well while sailing. And as I was sailing south, I was kind of leaving my uh, cultural comfort. Like, I mean, Ireland, Scotland, it, it was easy for me. <laughs> yeah, I can but imagine. then I, I went like, okay, Azores. Uh, first, I need to learn a little bit of Portuguese. How's your Portuguese? Um pouco. Boa tarde. <laughs> Boa tarde. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on it, but uh, it's important for me to learn a little bit of the language and then to learn a little bit of the culture, the local culture and and the, the local music. So I've been learning a little bit of fado music. Figured out that actually it's pretty close to some Irish um, Shanos songs. 
And uh, it really inspires me at the moment, those, those songs. And I discovered the viola da terra oh, from wow. here and fell in love with the instrument and, and the history behind the instruments, those two hearts, uh, meaning like the people who's been separated and reunited through music. Uh, so I'm really glad because I'll be working and recording some some songs with a Viola de Terra player from Pico. Uh, so it, yeah, I, I'm really curious about uh, about music and local culture. So it all gets into my repertoire slowly but surely, and and changes a little bit the the tunes and and the compose the way of composing songs and i think it's going to be very very interesting for you to do the the mixture because you are saying that you're learning portuguese and you're saying that you're going to madeira and then mostly to cabo verde and brazil and i think even if you have the same language the culture is completely different and it's interesting that you're saying that you like for example fado that it's mostly and of course not only but mostly sad and melancholic and you have the word saudade that is supposedly to not have translation i'd say it's one of the most beautiful words in the world <laughs> i agree of course but i'm portuguese so <laughs> but the fact is it's very melancholic and i think going to cap verde you're going to already feel different rhythms and then you go to brazil and it's completely different and i'm always saying that in portuguese we have sad we have fado it's it's something sad it's something melancholic we're still thinking about the king that died 500 <laughs> years ago and then you go to brazil that is completely the other way around and they're like oh my heart is broken but this way i can give a little bit to everyone you know <laughs> this is very interesting and i think that in a couple of years after you experience this portuguese basis Places. Where does it come from? This story of like my heart is broken it, it, and I can give that, little It's literally pieces. a song. It is a song. <laughs> it is amazing. What's, what's the name of is, the song? It, it's it's. I can write it down. I can send Definitely. it to you. But it's it's very like a danceable song, and it literally says that you broke my heart, but don't worry because this way I can give little pieces to everyone. This is amazing. <laughs> I love that kind of stories. But this is literally what Brazilian is. Okay. Like, and it's very amazing that even if you have the same basis language, it's completely different. And I think for sure that coming here in the Azores and the traditional part of Azorian music, it's always about, you know, like the suffer of us being isolated by the islands. Like in my veins, we have the, the volcanic rocks, you know, that's the base. It's always like something very, very melancholic and dramatic. That, that suits me so well uh, because, and that's why I completely fell in love with the Fado music and uh, and the Sodad, and the, I've been reading a lot about it, and it, like it just passionates me. Uh, but I, I think it's really close to what I've, to my roots, my Irish roots, like Irish songs, Irish uh, traditional songs. They are all so really melancholic. And, I think it's the fog. We, both of, in Ireland and the Azores, we have a lot of fog. Yeah. We don't have much sun. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we get a little bit depressed, <laughs> but I, I just, I just love it. Like, well, you see during my concerts, but uh, most of my songs are really this little taint of melancholia. And uh, so we'll see if I, I start dancing on my piano when I'm in prison. <laughs> Maybe we'll learn samba. Yeah. <laughs> and bossa nova. And and... Bossa nova. <laughs> so plans for the future. After the trips, do you have any kind of crazy idea putting a whole orchestra in the boat? I don't know. What's the plan? <laughs> well, I think I'm done with crazy ideas. <laughs> I, I'll be... 
keep on going with this. Holding it and keep it alive is already a big job. And I'm just, sometimes I'm just like thinking about things and I'm just like, okay, Marek, take it easy. You already have a crazy story to keep going. So keep going. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. We are almost on time, but I have to ask if you have to give an advice to everyone. I always ask this because I think, I hope that it, when everybody's listening to this, they are listening to this because they have a dream mm. of sailing across the Atlantic or whatever they want to go. And of course I can ask you, what's your recommendation about sailing? But more than that, what's, what's the recommendation to be like getting completely out of the box? Because I think that's exactly what you did. Literally the other way around, not, not you, you just destroyed the box. You put the piano on a boat and destroyed everything. No, 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 no. Who says that I cannot put a piano on a boat and travel around the world? I say otherwise. <laughs> and I think that's very, very inspirational. So if you have to give any advice to any future people, what would you say? Um, I, I might say two things. The first is um, having uh, confidence or trust in the others. Uh, I I always say like I wouldn't be there if there wasn't so, all those people who helped me at some point, like this guy who teach me how to fix my sails and this special guy who taught me how to be a diesel mechanic uh, worker and this man who taught me how to tune a piano and this other guy who helped me inventing the elevator and all those amazing people who have knowledge, who are passionate by things and who are here to share their knowledge and um you need you need the others uh for me it's something like you won't go far on your own or and and it will be boring <laughs> so i think the others are so interesting and you can learn so much from them and you you can go so far if if you're surrounded with great people that's the first thing and and then uh My my best friend reminded me two days ago that I always said uh, when when you have uh, something to ask or I don't know like some project to uh, present to someone you can tell yourself that you always you already have the no so the only risk you take is having a yes so go wow. Thank you very much. Is that okay for you? It's, it's, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I have to think about my future. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is exactly, this is exactly, you are the, exactly the kind of people that I, I wish that I can meet oh, more great. often because this is exactly what I want. It's when you live in a place like this, sometimes it's very, very hard for you to exactly break the box and say like, no, I don't want to live in this square. Because again, it's, it's, you're in a small place, you get, you, it's very easy for you to think that, uh, oh no, it's going to be very, very hard because I have to do all these things. And this is amazing. It's another example. And for me, it's very, very, again, I'm very, very happy that oh, you're here. Thank you. <laughs> because it's a perfect example of like, no, I don't want this box. I want to do and exactly what I'm going to look for the yes, even if everyone is telling me no. So. This is my gift for you. Oh, thank you. I don't Ooh. know if you had it. It's Jean Dumas. No, wonderful. <laughs> What it's, is this? It's Jean Dumas. Jean Dumas. It's, it's our drink. And we wow. created this. It's gin with um, passion fruit liquor. 
So Mar, it's very funny because it's it's a wordplay. We have Mar, that it's the first three letters of maracujá. Maracujá, which is the passion fruit. Exactly. Oh, wonderful. Exactly. And it also means sea. So it's okay. maracujá and sea at the same time. Oh, wonderful. Great. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. And <laughs> let me know when this goes out and I will be sharing it with all my network as well. Thank you. Because uh, it's, it's a really nice podcast that you're doing. <laughs> like, the, I'm... I have interviews very often, but they're not all so well prepared. Oh, thank you. And your <laughs> questions are clever and it's great. You know, it's not, it's not just like random question. It's a, like really good question. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.